This morning, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn over to Matthew, the fifth chapter, starting in the 43rd verse, it's amazing to me how God ties things together. I hadn't talked to anybody this week about songs or, or the bulletin or anything, and how God can, can just tie things together the way he wants them to be used. And, uh, you know, I, I'm... I'm always amazed at how we end up where God really wants us to be. Uh, you know, I told you, Katie and I have been married 32 years, and we have two wonderful children, uh, Brandon, which y'all know, and his wife, Amanda. That's our oldest child. And we have two grandchildren with them, Josh, and I, I call him Killam. They say that's not right, but it's something in that neighborhood. Uh, I know he, he laughs when he sees me and he coos and I've got pictures that he likes me because he's asleep on my shoulder. So I don't think he cares what I call him. Then we have our daughter Brittany and her husband Colby. They live over in Carthage. And they have three children, Bronx, Tide, and Scout. And yes, they are all unusual names. They didn't get that from me. I'm playing. Our son, is, of course, is the pastor up at the Grove Church in Arma. Our son-in-law is the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Jasper, Missouri. So we spent our time, generally, running back and forth to support each side. And there are some people that don't get that kind of support. They don't get it at home, they don't get it at school, they don't get it at work, they don't get it anywhere. So if you know somebody that needs to be supported with prayer, needs to be supported with love, needs to be supported with kindness, do it. It's not going to cost you a dime. I learned a long time ago, nobody expects anything from somebody if they're hugging on them and loving on them, other than they care about them. Now, with that being said, have you ever seen somebody when they walk in the room and you look up and go, oh, they're back again? You know, I mean, really and truly looked at somebody and thought, who tied their shoes for them? Surely they don't have children. There can't be more of them running around. One day, my, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law were, were having some issues, and they were just, things wouldn't go in the way that they should be, and things just didn't work. And, and my brother-in-law, his wife, and his daughter, like, Dad, you're supposed to be a Christian. And he said, I don't feel like being a Christian today. How many of us have had one of those days? I mean, be honest with yourself. You know, and, and I'm going to, clean this up because my brother-in-law is southern southern he said well there's times when he pointed to his wife when she walks in the door and i could just knock her head off but i love her you know and, and there's times when i lay down at night to go to sleep that i have to is she back there is she because of something i probably did that shouldn't have done You'll take a look in your Bible and 
Let's see what God says about love and loving our enemies. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of their Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, all my life, I had had heard that. Oh, it rains on the just and the unjust. And we've always signified that, that negative things happen to good people just like they do bad people. Negative things come into people's lives no matter what. One time, Katie had, had, she was like Delilah and I was Samson. She tricked me into going into one of these little terrorist Sunday school classes. You know, the little fellers about this big. And we went in there, and the, the lesson that day was you started them all out in a line on the center of the room. And you had a paper over here that said unfair and a paper over here that said fair. And the story that was to be read to these little children was, your big sister and you come home from school. There's only two cookies left on the counter that your mama had made the night before. And your sister runs in and she gets the biggest cookie and leaves you with the smallest one. Now, is that fair or unfair? And when the children were to go to the sticker or the paper on the floor as to what they thought. Was it fair that their sister got the biggest cookie, or was it unfair? Well, the majority of the kids went to the unfair slot. There was a few went over to the fair. So it said, okay, ask them why they chose what they did. Well, over here on the fair side, one of the little kids said, well, she's older, She's bigger, so she deserved the cookie. Pretty good answer for a child. We went over here to the unfair side, and I wanted it. I should have got it. It was mine. We turned back, and there's one little fella still standing right in the middle. He didn't go to either side. So we asked him, you know, why, why did you not choose a side? Did you, uh, was it hard? No. He goes, no. wasn't hard. That's just life. Sometimes it's fair, and sometimes it's not. It's just life. From a little boy. Now, when we read this verse, or this passage here, this is one of Jesus' subtopics on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he's talked to us about anger. He's talked to us about lust. He's talked to us about divorce and retaliation. And then he gets to here and it says, love our enemies. 
Now, during the time that Jesus lived on this earth, and then throughout that period, the emperors, the governors, anybody with authority in the Roman Empire would do this. They would adopt a son to carry on the family name. Now, why would they adopt a son? Why didn't they just, you know, they could have any woman that they wanted. Most of them were married, and, and they got tired. They'd throw her away and grab another one. But why would they do this? You see, what they would do is they would, they would go out and find a, a young man that was up older that showed a lot of potential for leadership, that wasn't afraid that had the skills that could be taught how to fight and how to lead and how to defend. Because if they had their own child, it was just potluck. You got what you got. Now, my family lucked out. They got me. Those other two brothers of mine, we're still, we're still worried about them. I'm not sure. And my sister, bless her heart, I will tell you this about my sister. That woman, flat-footed, can jump over the top of my head and beat me out of the garden if you're digging taters and there's a snake in that row. She can go faster than any person I've ever seen in my life. But I love her. And I love my brothers. What Christ said here to the people that were gathered on the mountainside listening and to his disciples, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Can you imagine a church full of people just like you? Identical to you in every way. They had the same likes you had. They had the same desires you had. They would never fuss about the temperature in the auditorium because they'd set it to what they wanted, just like you would. They'd never complain about, well, he went five seconds over or five minutes over this morning. Now I'm going to have to wait in line at that Mexican restaurant. I can't get in there and get a table without having to wait. <laughs> or they would sit there and go, why did they sing that song? I don't understand that. Can you imagine a church full of people just like you? I know I wouldn't want to go there. There's a story on the radio this week about a man that was on a deserted island and had finally been found after years and years and years. And when they came up, he had built this little city there on the side of the, on the beach. And they come up and they got him and they was like, man, this, this is great, we're here what is all this? And he said, well, there's three buildings here. And they said, yes. He said, well, that one there, that's, that's my house. That's where I live, where I do all my stuff, my cooking and sleeping and everything else. And they said, oh, okay. And they said, well, what's this one? He said, that's my church. So I can go worship. And they said, okay, that's great. He said, well, what's this one over here? He said, that's the church I used to go to. See, if you have a church full of people just like you, 
That's what it's going to be. I used to go there, but man, I can't take them people. They're just like me. Now, I understand people have to be different that opposites attract. Trust me, I am outgoing. I can, I'm like my grandmother said about my grandfather. I could sit and talk to a fence post and both of us feel good when I got up and left. Both of us felt like we had learned something and encouraged the other one when they get up and leave. My wife, bless her heart, will slip over to a corner somewhere and start praying. My children have told her on their way out the door, either to work or to school or going off to a, a dance at school or some kind of function, and they'll walk out the door and they'd stop and go, Mom, stop praying. He's tired of listening to you. We're opposites. And we attract. When Jesus was talking about God pours out his rain on the just and the unjust alike, we, we often forget that when we, we have to go back and read above. See, we good Christians, we oftentimes pick out one verse. Well, it says this right here. But we don't read what's above it or below it. We only pick out one certain part that makes us feel good and look good. Well, you know why I had heartaches this week? Because God don't, he don't play no favors. He just pours out burdens on everybody. Well, why did I have a flat tire on the way to work and I was already late? Well, you know, God just, he's got to give us some burdens. Oh, I burnt the dinner again. I fixed an our anniversary supper the other night and it was good. Actually, it was, it was really good. Except for the fact that I didn't judge the crock pot temperature to the time and everything, and there was a little some burnt edges around the side. You cut that off, and the middle was good. So good that you know we, we ate and ate and stuffed herself, and, and I really hope she likes it because I've probably made enough to have three more times this week. <laughs> but... You know, it's something that she likes that I'm okay with, but it's something she won't fix for herself. So I'll fix it for her. See, when Christ said that, or if you love those that, that only love you, that's what everybody else does. So when God's pouring down his rain, and his Bible says when he's pouring out his rain and it rains on the just and the unjust alike, how many of you feel like that's talking about a burden or a, a trial in your life? Because it's not. It has nothing to do with that. And I've heard people talk about it. I have actually seen books that have been written about it. But that is not even close to what this Jesus was telling. Remember the, the Roman Empire and they would adopt those sons in? 
That's what Jesus is telling them here. You have been adopted by the Most High God as his child. And every day he will rain down his blessings, his spirit, his love, his mercy, and his grace on you. And in turn, you are to be like the Father. And you are to pour out prayer over those that are your enemies, those of those that afflict you, those that try to bind you, those that try to oppress you. You are to saddle up your horse and ride right over the top of them and pour out his love and grace just like God does to us every day. When we moved up to Carthage in 97, 98, we knew nobody. We had never, none of us had ever been to Missouri. We had no idea where it was at. Thank God Katie's daddy was a truck driver. He had gone across and said, well, I saw a sign that said Missouri that way. And I followed him up here to a certain point, and he says, okay, go down here and turn right, and you'll go to Missouri. And that's what I did. I went down that way, and I turned right. So that's the way you give directions down in Alabama. You don't say north, south, east, and west. It's go down to Johnson's Barn and turn right, go down to Smith's Farm and turn left, and that red barn, last week, they were painting one side of it, so it may not be red this week. We'll just turn it right there at that one. And a lot of times, we as Christians, we give directions to the cross that way. We send them on the wildest goose chases to find God's love that I've ever seen in my life. Well, they've got to cut their hair before they can come in here. Why, they've got to shave off that beard. They can't have that. Heaven forbid that they have a beard and come to this church with every picture on the wall with Jesus with long hair and a beard. I I grew a beard just because I was lazy. I didn't want to shave. And my mother hated it. My oldest brother grew one. I grew, I mean, I'm 14, 15 years old. And I, I just didn't want to shave anymore. I just quit. I grew a beard. Well, my junior year, we got a new principal in it. And my mother would say, y'all, y'all boys need to shave them beards off. My brother was in college, and I was a junior in high school. Y'all boys need to shave them beards off. I'm so tired of looking at them beards. Just, I want to see your face and everything. And we got a new principal come in and said, no beards on many of my students. My mama was at the school the next day. If it's all right for me to let my boy grow a beard, it's okay. You leave him alone. I had never heard my mama take my side of anything in school. If they called and said I'd done something wrong, she believed them. You know, that was back in the old days when it took the village. Your neighbor saw it, you got a whooping. Your teacher saw it, you got a whooping. The principal saw it, you got a whooping. Then they called your mom and daddy, and you got two more whoopings when you got home. Brandon told us last night he was going to use a story of, I think he was 13, 14 years old, and I don't know, we were over in Coleman, Alabama. He may not have been that old, and and he, 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 he ran away from me. Now, 
the good thing about living down south is if you are chasing your child through a store, there will be a good daddy or granddaddy of somebody else's child go. <laughs> they will trip you. Put a foot on the small of your back and say, he's right here. I got him. The only thing that comparison with the, that story of this is we as Christians a lot of times see people running to Christ and we stick our foot out and trip them. We stop them from getting all the way there. We stop them from being what God wants them to be. I was telling some of them earlier, or Keith up here earlier, in 1983, I served on a mission team in our county. We had backyard Bible clubs, and we had vacation Bible school, and we had revivals. And we went to some of the poorest areas in our county. Some of the housing projects, trailer parks that were just, that were really not good places to go. And we would go, and we would, and it just amazed me as an 18-year-old boy and how many parents would just send their children with us. Didn't know who we were, where we were from, what we were. Oh, you're taking the kids for a couple hours? Here. Wait a minute, I'll go get some more. And, and they would just give them to us for a couple hours at a time. And we would, we would have those vacation Bible schools, and we would tell them how much God loved them and how much Christ loved them and wanted them to be a part of his kingdom. And, and we loved on some of these kids. Some of these children had never heard the words, I love you, ever uttered in their home. Some of these children were so confused because the same woman or the same man didn't come home every night. And no parent had ever just sat and held them and said, you know, I love you. None of them. And then we would run revivals, and we would get people to come to those revivals. And uh, one night we were over here on this street, and the next street over, they had a drive-by shooting during the service. The only time I have ever laid flat down on my face and prayed to God, when somebody's shooting behind you, you will lay down and pray. I've always knelt or said, or, but that day, I, I, I mean, I laid. And everybody else did too. And when it got quiet, one of the ladies that lived there stood up and goes, all right, they're through, let's go. She was used to that. Well, at the end of the, that summer, and before we were commissioned and we went on to Canada and to Montana and that area, we took all the cards that day that were laid out. And we had taken all these cards and we had, Okay, this is their address, and this is the church. This is their address, and this is this. This is their address, and here's this. Here's the. We had laid them all out, and we had gotten the ones that were in a close walking distance, short drive, or we knew they had a bus ministry and could pick them up. And that night, after the service was over with, or at the end of the service, we all came up, and they had the pastors of those churches in our county. We did the entire county. 
and we had them sitting there, and they had the name tag of their, 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 their name and the church they were from. And we had kind of set up here on the stage and kind of strategically, okay, I got these five, that's the first row, you got those. and So we knew where we were going. So the director of missions told them, we're going to give you out some cards so you can help these children, help these young people out that have worked all summer. And as we went out and we would hand the, the stack of cards to them, and go to the next person, you'd fill them. And you'd turn around and go, yes. And be, uh, these people are better. They'd fit in better over there at that church. But their back door is your front door. Yeah, but they just wouldn't fit in with us. We'd hand the next set of cards out, and the guy would, I don't think these people's, no, I they, 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 don't, they couldn't dress right to come to our church. And here's these people. Oh, we really don't want to have to deal with that kind of disturbance in our Sunday school classes and in our nurseries. We ended up bringing back more cards than we were able to pass out. But thank God they were some pastors who realized what was going on and they come up to us after the service was over with, and they said, where's the extra cards at? We've got people that have bands that would love to go pick up children and bring them to church. When Christ here told the people that God pours out his rain on the just and the unjust, he said God pours out his love on everybody, so you pour it out on everybody. It doesn't matter. You didn't deserve it. But God still gave it to you. And if you didn't deserve it, and you think they don't deserve it, you pour it out even that much more on them. You know, when Brandon was sitting around talking in one afternoon, and he, he was talking about some of these reality TV shows. And these fixer-upper shows on HGTV. Somebody that's married to me loves that channel. <clears throat> but you'll see these people go out in these fixer-uppers, and they go in and they go, I got a $100,000 budget to redo my kitchen. Well, I could buy a house for $100,000. You know, or you see them, I got, one night we were watching... They had $250,000 to spend on a man cave. I worked in a cave. I don't want another one. They're dark. They're cold. They're dirty. And, and if there's a rumble, you will run. We had a, a safety guy come in from corporate to teach a class when I was at Butterball, and I worked the underground. And, and he said, he was mad because they made him teach second shift. So he, we didn't have to come in and, and with him all day and then go work that night. They made him come back at night and teach us the class. And So we were in there, and it, one night of the session, it was about fire and bomb threats and, and tornadoes and earthquakes. And he went through the room. What do you do in case of a fire? Oh, I get everybody out and call 911. What do you do in case... Of a tornado, oh, we shelter in place, and we, you know, we just get ahead. 
And then, you know, what do you do if there's a bomb threat? Well, we notify the police and we get everybody out. And he turns and looks at me and goes, what do you do in case of an earthquake? I said, hope somebody brings some flowers and tells my wife I loved her. And he got furious. Threw his book across the room. I can't, I'm not doing this. If y'all going to make a joke out of this? And why? Well, everybody else in the classroom was like, he's not joking. He works in a cave. So if there is a rumble, you better run. But getting back to Brandon's story, Brandon told him in church one Sunday morning, he said, you know, you see all these people with all these huge budgets to make this. He said, I want a true reality show of, honey, we got $10. Can we get a gallon of paint and paint the laundry room? Or is there any way we can get a few extra dollars this month and replace that faucet that's broken in the bathroom? I myself want to see a reality show, Divorce Court Home Depot style. Because if you can remodel a house or build a house with your wife and not have an unkind word to say in there somewhere, you are blessed beyond measure. We have three rooms in our house that are painted in those little paint swatches that you can get over on the paint counter. Two more years and we'll have the living room floor covered in those little plank samples that you get. Don't go to Lowe's. They charge you for them. Go to Home Depot. They give them away free. (laughs) What God is trying to convey here is that no matter how different we are, no matter what in this world stands between us and that other person, we're to pour down his love and grace on them all the time. Never give up. Amen. You know, I, I had a, a job one time, and it, it didn't look good, and I really liked the job, and I liked the people I worked with. And, and I did the normal thing. I went to a bunch of folks, and would sit down and talk, and, and all I did was complain. Every stinking time we got together. Well, that, that boss don't like me. I don't know what's going to take place. I don't. And every time. And finally, one of them looked at me and said, Do you know, all I do is hear you talk about how bad they are, but I've never heard you pray for them. You've never prayed for them. And I thought, man, how in this world? How can I pray for that person? Why would I pray for that person? Because Jesus said, God poured out his love on you when you didn't deserve it. So I started praying for these men. And I got these other guys that I was meeting with and and talking to to pray for them with me. And everything got a lot easier and better. And then I was like, Lord... We need to get back home or back to our children. And God provided a way for that. This morning, we can look around at our own families. And we can see people in our own families that we know need to have prayer. That we know need to be prayed for. 
that needs God's love to be poured out all over. We can look in our communities and see those that need to hear that God loves them. They just need to hear somebody loves them. You know, they may not be the same kind of people that we are. They may not dress the same way that we dress. They may not speak the same language without an accent that we speak. They may be totally oblivious to the fact that Christ died on the cross for them. But they still need to be prayed for. You know, I, I looked in there and it's the bulletin this morning. And it has the little connect the dot thing, you know, what matches the opposites. What if we matched the opposite next Sunday and brought that match with us? What if we met next Sunday morning and we brought somebody to this church that didn't know that Christ died for them? What if we met next Sunday morning and we brought in a family that maybe they're not born in the United States? What if we come in next Sunday morning and we brought in a family or a person or a group of people who didn't realize that there was a service on Sunday morning? What if we just come in and just open the doors and said, whosoever will means whosoever will. You see, it was from a Jewish person, a Jewish family, a Jewish mother being obedient to God's will, a Jewish man being obedient to the will of the Lord, the son being born, dying on a cross, buried in a tomb, raised again on the third day, for me. I wouldn't like him. I wouldn't like anybody in his family. I didn't deserve what he gave us. But he adopted me into the family and said, as I have done for you, you do for others. Katie and I have a group of children from Alabama to Missouri and all spread out. We're, we are mama and papa. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. You could have that same thing today. See, when Christ said, love everybody, that's what he meant. When Christ said, pour it out on them, he meant take that bucket and dump it. You know, the only thing they can do, if this was the, 
the, the cup. They were going to pour it in. They had to pour it in this cup. The only thing they can do is turn it over to where to run off and not run in. Because God said on the day of Pentecost, I will pour out my spirit on all men. 